so I guess you want to just get started with talking about like what we've been uh, what we've been doing up since last time. And it's been like half a year. Yeah. Half a year since we talked. I was just waiting for you to do like, hello, this is just... My normal intro thing? Yeah. I might just not do that this time. Okay, Keep great. It more... Keep it more casual. More casual. Yeah, yeah. well, hello, listeners and Joe. I'm uh, back for Christmas holidays and uh, yeah, it's been good. I fly back to North Carolina soon though and... It'll, it'll be great. It's fine. I actually, I love teaching. Um, I've gotten a lot into writing. I'm working on well, yeah, my We're talking about that now. too. Yeah, we're talking about writing too. And, writing uh, and The Witcher. Writing and The Witcher. So um, maybe just talk about like how you got, like why'd you get into writing? You yeah. know, like my website, I think I told you this, my website started out actually as sort of about writing. Yeah, because I, I remember we, we talked about it and I, so in, in 2015, um, well actually I was, I was one of those weird kids in, um, grade school and middle school who like would would read books under the table while like teachers were talking so right. then I didn't have to pay attention to the lecture instead of texting <laughs> yeah yeah well and, and one of my proudest moments was I was reading Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix but I read I was reading the school copy of it and I got in trouble until the teacher took the book away from me proudest moment of my life was when I reached in and pulled out my own personal copy of the book from my backpack and then continued to read it <laughs> under the table you know we have we actually got um we got an epic Harry Potter trivia game Oh, we should play that. that. We've been I've been playing with Mikhail and a bunch of other people lately. Yeah. So how how has your Harry Potter? Have you been reading any Harry Potter stuff since a um, while? I, I actually stopped reading after the third. I stopped reading halfway through the third book because it just I'm realizing it. It's a it's a lot sadder when you're an adult. Mm. Like it mm. it just once you like actively start thinking about like like I don't know just like real life stuff. It it just. It just gets really sad. So you made it through the happy books. <laughs> I made it through the happy books, and then I got ha- well. I I got to the scene where like Harry has to has to fight the um. I almost said Belrog. Where he has to <laughs> cross cross pollination. <laughs> um, where he like gets involved with the Dementors, and then like he personally decides to like that he decides that Dementors weren't that bad because at least he gets to hear his parents' voice yeah, again. Yeah, that's kind of sad. And I like I was like, yeah, this is. This is a little rough. We're going to table these for later. <laughs> um, and I haven't picked them back up again. And part of it's just because, yeah, you start thinking about, like, the loss of friendships. And I guess now that we're we're closer to the Marauder's age than, like, I'm we're older than James and Lily Potter, which, like... Which doesn't really make sense from anybody who's just seen the movies. Okay, I feel like, but you know what I mean? There's a lot of problems with the movies. Yeah, but, like, in the, I think in the movies you would think... Obviously, James, like, how old do they James aged, and Lily look? They look, they look like they're 37. Yeah, they look like, like they're late 30s. Late 30s, early 40s, yeah. 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 Uh, but nope, they were 21. And we're Just now, kids. we're now, and we're now much older than them. And then I also got sad because I thought about that I'm right now the age that, like, Sirius was in Azkaban. Yeah, but he was there for 10 years. Yeah, 12 years. 12 years, okay. Yeah. You would have won that in the Harry Potter trivia question. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so... Anyway, that, yeah, I just kind of stopped because it's just like, this is really rough and really sad. So I just stopped reading it. But I still love Harry Potter a lot. I just haven't been able to, like, get out of my own head enough to enjoy it without being like, but the repercussions. (laughs) (laughs) I think I might go back, actually, and read it again. I read it last year, like, Mm. all the way through. I think think it's been long enough. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, it's been long enough. I think I could probably go back and reread it again. I, was, I have a different perspective now that I have a kid and all. Oh, yeah. Like, see, that would be real rough. 
Well, I don't know about rough, but it'd be, I feel like, because I, I know watching, like, I watched It's a Wonderful Life, and I have a, definitely a different perspective having a kid with that movie. Yeah. Not like, it's not like it was massively different. I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of, I don't know, it changes your perspective a little bit. Well, that's with me with Harry Potter um, and being a teacher. Yeah. Like, it, my whole perspective on, like, I don't know, just children has changed since yeah. teaching, even though I've only been teaching a semester. Mm-hmm. Um I've but, always hated children. Oh my gosh. But like, I can't imagine, like, I can't, like, Professor McGonagall. Like, oh my gosh, Umbridge, I hate her. But like, McGonagall, like, seeing, because there's, okay, there's these three boys that I teach in chemistry class, and like, internally, I've nicknamed them the Marauders, because they, they like, get into trouble. They get into trouble, but they like, can really smooth their way out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they'll be like, oh, good morning, favorite teacher. And I'm just like, sit down. <laughs> like, it's, it, I know they're playing me, but like they actually care like they do their work and they care about their friends and like so it's it's really fascinating to see these boys and then be like oh this would be like if this kid's son came and i knew that that kid was dead and now i was teaching this kid's son like i yeah no it's a different perspective yeah they have like a different vantage point now yeah i did i I tell you about how i saw like a bunch of the harry potter uh, artifacts or the things that you like props yeah, you mentioned that? it. Yeah, when I, was, when I was up in uh, Seattle. I went to the Museum of Pop Culture and I saw like McGonagall's hat. That's it. I told you about oh. that, right? Maybe no, not. no, no, no. You didn't tell me about this part because yeah. I just talked to your wife about Seattle. But this is yeah, this they is so literally cool. had McGonagall's hat from the movies there. They had a bunch of other stuff too, but that was probably the coolest. I love they, did, that. they had Harry's wand. They had Harry's glasses. It's pretty neat. I love that. Anybody listening to this, if you're you know obviously if you're listening, you probably are a Harry Potter fan. Go check out the Museum of Pop Culture in. Seattle. This is not paid for by, <laughs> by the city of <laughs> but Seattle. It be, but yeah. it should be. <laughs> no, that's really cool. So yeah, so besides Harry Potter, I've um gotten back into Lord of the Rings, which isn't a shock. Um I mm-hmm. want to go back and reread the Silmarillion just for fun. Um I cracked open the Return of the King. Yes. I tried nice. I haven't gotten very far yet, so hopefully I can it's harder to read when you have a kid because I was like on the plane I was trying to read it. Yeah, no, you, you get distracted. Yeah. Um, well, one of my friends came up for a football game and then we lost the football game. Oh man, that which should not be named. And uh, <laughs> then we were like, we're both really sad. What should we do? Let's watch uh, the two towers. And so we watched. I watched. Yeah, I just recently me and Michaela watched all three of them through, which I think oh, was the yeah. first time Michaela actually like really watched all three of them all the way through. Yeah, because we've years. watched them, but like she there's like, a difference. Asleep. She yeah, she did fall asleep when we were there. Yeah. And that was a thing. Yeah, we made it all the way through all three, man. Yeah. Freaking awesome. That was during I think yeah, that was a couple months ago. That was really fun. I um so one of the classes that I teach is a virtue ethics class to the freshmen. Oh, nice. Um and I like pull in obviously it's like a Catholic perspective, so like we're I'm teaching them like Thomas Aquinas, virtue ethics, whatever. Um but I pull in a lot of pop culture stuff. And mm-hmm. so right before their exam, literally part of the exam was to watch Fellowship of the Ring and then talk about uh, a way that a character acted prudently, justly, or courageously. That's awesome. Um, the kids reacted really well with it. Um, it was really funny to see because some of them haven't seen them, and they don't really even know what they're about. So, like, I got to experience Fellowship of the Ring again with, like, from the eyes of the, these kids who, like, don't know what's actually happening until the movie ends, you know, with Sam and Sam and Frodo walking into Mordor, you know, and... Then, like, you know, the credits roll, and this girl in the back stands up and goes, what? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, that's the end? And I'm like, yeah, that's the end of the first movie. Dude, that was my first reaction when, when I was a kid. Yeah? When I first saw the first movie, I was like, what? Yeah. 
like, like, and then someone was like, yeah, it was three yeah. movies. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, she thought it was it. like three. She knew it was three movies, but she thought it was like three different adventures with the same oh, people. Okay. And we were like, oh no, sweetie, some of them this are dead. A, this is all. Like, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> like so, and then when Boromir died, I cried. Like I was crying in class, and the girls were making some of the girls were making fun of me. But then another girl got really emotional during Boromir's death and um her friend leaned over and like patted her on the shoulder and went there there it's okay it's just Boromir <laughs> I was like ooh. I thought I felt like Yikes. that was one of the best scenes in the entire three movies like oh, yeah. that's that probably what has the most I guess pathos Is that the right yeah word? I, I would yeah anything no, pathos well just and because it's the combination and then it's the combination of panning to Mary and Pippin's faces when they see what's happening and then like they've taken the little ones and yeah it's it's a well, lot he, he's one of the main big deaths because I mean Theoden dies they it's it's but Boromir is yeah I think I mean Boromir is I mean Gandalf dies but Gandalf comes back yeah yeah um yeah the fellowship doesn't have a very good the fellowship kind of broke apart pretty quickly yeah you know and also going back i guess we've talked about this before but going back and watching those i really like i really feel like the fellowship is not the best at least the movie um it really gets in the swing of things in the second movie yeah i mean but i feel i was thinking about that um one of my friends and i we talk about book series all the time so i told her about the throne of glass series by sarah j mass um and she was like, yeah, I saw some bad reviews for that. And I'm like, it's the first two books. Oh, okay. But like you need, and I actually noticed this when I was rereading Harry Potter, but like you need the first book to like introduce the characters and like get started on the adventure kind of a thing. Um, and I really think that when sequels are done well, they can sometimes be better than the original because you already have all the character building. Yeah. You just get to get to the action. Oh, yeah. As opposed the first to having one to sit through. Yeah. The yeah. first one, they're really just setting up the world and the fellowship. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's how the books are too, though. Yeah, and then in, um, and you're kind of just going like this romp, like from thing to thing. Mm-hmm. And then the second movie, all of a sudden, it's like it's a really cohesive plot. Like there's something really interesting going on. Yeah, it's a clear like battle until you get to the end scene. Then it's just walking trees. <laughs> yeah, that's the one really bad part of the second movie. I forget. I forget about that until I'm watching it, and I'm just like skip. And skip. we're skidding. We're sitting through the like. Oh my gosh, that's the only bad thing about the extended edition because it's so long. Yeah, I think the, is the second one the longest, or is the third one even longer? The third one's the longest, oh, okay. but you don't have to deal with the end. The end. but yeah so getting actually like getting back into fantasy has kind of been like a good relief from like not like real world stuff but like yeah just getting like fantasy is the real world stuff and the rest of the stuff we do is sort of more you know yeah like the books you read and the stuff you think about is more real than the sort of like walking around going to a coffee shop or whatever i don't know that's how I yeah. feel. No, I, I feel the same way. And definitely with, with writing. Um, although I'm I'm in a mood right now where the only... I've picked up like three different books of like different genres. And just like the only thing I want to read right now is my own book. Mm. But I do not want to write it right now. Like I want it to be done and finished so I can That's read interesting. it. Yeah. But like I have... I have everything plotted. Like I'm already like I have all my layouts, all my chapter parts are done, but I have to go back in. I have to finish the ending and then I have to do two interlude parts and I just don't want to do it. Did you say you've written 60,000 words already? I've written uh, almost 90 now. Almost 90,000? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So you've been working really hard at it. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Awesome. It's pretty much I like wake up at like five and then I get ready for the day and then I write for about an hour while I have my coffee and then um, I like go to school and do my schoolwork and then if I have like little bits of time or I have some inspiration randomly during the day I'll I'll write and then what do you think it is about being out and you know where where you moved to and teaching that's made you 
feel more inspired about writing like to that extent? Um, I think a big part of it is being able to be creative in my own space. Um, like I have my own apartment now, like I'm not just stuck in my bedroom in my parents' house anymore. Um, I just, I have like the freedom and this is kind of silly, but like I have the freedom to make a cappuccino in the morning. Like I can turn on my loud coffee maker and not worry about waking up the house, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, it's just being able to actually have my own space. Um, but then also part of it is I am such an extrovert that I like need to be externally processing somehow throughout the day. And because I spend a lot of my day at school, but then when I'm home, I'm pretty much home by myself. And so I, I need to do something to kind of relieve that tension of just being by myself. So I go in my own head and I write. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Also, I don't know. I've been like using it kind of also as like a, a spiritual thing. Like I'm praying a lot about it too. And just being like, well, we're just gonna, like, I'm not writing like Christian fiction cause I have a problem with Christian fiction, <laughs> yeah. but it's, um, <laughs> yeah but um, i'm not sure if i've ever read so it i'm really not sure bad. if i've ever actually read any christian fiction other than um like narnia it's if you're not ca- i wouldn't count lewis, lord of the rings as no, christian fiction because it's no. not trying to do that no yeah and i mean it's if you're not yeah i've read some pretty pretty bad christian fiction where it's like it's supposed to be cool and then it like talks it like god is randomly thrown in and i'm like you're using God as like a plot device instead yeah. of, you know, so whatever. So I'm not trying to do that. Um, but yeah, I, so is, I don't it, know. is it beginning? Do you have 90,000 words like beginning, middle and end? Or are there some really big gaps that you have to fill in? Um, so there's the, the thing is, this is my first draft. And so as I'm going, my story is changing. So like, I know like my premise has changed already from the beginning. So I have to go back into the beginning and like fix some stuff. Um, but right now I, I have like prologue part one, interlude part two, interlude part three, epilogue. And as I was doing, my interludes are like backflashes <laughs> and I was like, oh, Joe's going to hate it. <laughs> Joe, hate, Joe hates it when you change perspective. Oh no, I can't believe you remember that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. As I was, yeah. Cause as I was doing, I was like, oh yeah, Joe's not going to like this. Um, that's so funny. You remember that? <laughs> too bad. Joe. That is one of my big pet peeves. Yeah. Cause yeah. I have oh. trouble with the Witcher for that. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh my gosh. That's actually why I liked season two better. Because it was more of a flow. Like, the story took place pretty much in the same timeline. Yeah. And so it was a lot easier to follow rather than season one where everything is, like, jumping around. I'm getting, like, massive deja vu. So I don't know. Have we talked about this before? Yeah, we talked about this when I came over uh, the day after Thanksgiving to hold your baby. And then I left. That's, okay, that's why I'm having deja vu. Uh Okay. Because that's when you told me that you don't like like the the backflash. Yeah. What is that called? No, no. Flashbacks? and it's not the flashbacks I don't like. I think it's just when you get really invested in a story and then it like switches to something else. Yeah. Oh, because I, I was with. telling you, you wouldn't like the lies of Locke Lamora because it does yes, the same thing. Yes, we're talking about that. Okay, yep. okay. I'm glad that it was like, wow, this is really like, <laughs> there an episode we talked about this already. But, uh, no, yeah. But well, um, with The Witcher, like, good Lord. So I don't mind it in the show because it's handled really well in the show. Mm-hmm. But in the books, it's like you're going along and the story's awesome. And then all of a sudden you're like, in the point of view of some random Nilfgaardian soldier that you don't know, mm. or at least don't remember. It is, it is, that's the thing. That's the kind of stuff I really struggle with. Okay. Like, Who are you? Why do I care? I was just like it was really cool enjoying yeah. this one area, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, the books, actually, The Witcher, the books are on my to-be-read list. Um, They're worth it. But, Yeah. This also, The Witcher, maybe since we're, do you want to talk more about The Witcher since we yeah, broke the talk, topic? Let's talk more about The Witcher. So you're saying you liked season two because it was more of a cohesive story, right? Yeah. I mean, and also just like, 
I there wasn't as many scenes where I had to fast forward. Like I can handle like a guy being like with like a sword through his head, but like I had to like fast forward through a lot of sex scenes. And in season one, there were like a lot, There's a lot of nudity. A lot I like of they, nudity they realized they were like, one. oh, we don't need to do that as much. Yeah. Like, to have an audience for this particular yeah. story. Well, also now there's like a teen girl in it. I mean, I don't know the actress who plays Cirilla. She's I don't, twenty. She's twenty. She's but like, I mean, it's like the story is more about yeah. like a teenager is now a main character, and yeah. so I feel like they kind of. A child toned it down, yeah. yeah. A child surprise, yeah. So I, that's, I mean, that's what I appreciated about season two. I was like, oh, I can watch this and not have to like <laughs> have my hand on the fast forward button for a majority of the episode. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Are we? We're doing spoilers, right? Are you sure. Putting, yeah. Okay, great. I laughed. You, you have to have to. Have we have to. I. Really this was one of. I actually also liked season two because I laughed out loud like a lot more than I did in season one. Like, there were just some parts that were, like, genuinely funny with, like, mm. their comedic timing was hilarious yeah. or just, like, like situations, like, that were just funny. Like, I felt like there was more comic relief than in season one. Did so. you did you read about... I actually kind of owe my wife for this information. Um, also, she loves Witcher. I should have asked, asked her if she wanted to join in. Oh, but man. Anyways. Michaela, get up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text her. Text Mrs. Michaela Anderson. We are talking about The Witcher if you want to join. Oh, my gosh. I'll uh, cut this part out. <laughs> okay. I'll send this. All right. Thank you, Siri. Anyways, um, so this is really cool. Because in the... So I think... I don't know if we talked about this before, but I had said... Bef- I, I'm not sure if I said before that in the books, Geralt is a lot more talkative. Yeah. Than in the movies. So in, like, the movies, they kind of... I feel like they were trying to do sort of, like... They are making him kind of a comic sort of character to some extent. like, And then also maybe leaning into the video games a bit where he's a little bit less talkative mm-hmm. but in the in the books he's he's very talkative um yeah i've read the last wish like the prequel book or the first book um yeah i've read the first book the last yeah. wish the last wish yeah, oh, okay I have I, read that's that the one. only one i haven't read oh well yeah. there you go I, i'm actually gonna read that soon but yeah so he's a bit more talkative so they i guess i guess henry i was gonna say Geralt, but no henry henry cavill i guess actually kind of convince them to make give him more dialogue good to make him a more serious character he's like oh my god i think the quote i read was like this guy needs to act more like somebody who's sev- like 70 something years old you yeah. know so then that, that was a really positive change from from the first season i thought uh a negative change was the fact that it took me like three episodes to get over series eyebrows like i don't know what the makeup department's like idea of a good time was but just the fact that like we went from season one, which was she was a, a girl, like they right. made she actually was a girl, and then season two, all of a sudden, her like her eyebrows are super done and her makeup is a lot heavier, and it's just like uh, so that the, was interesting. Like, it just it bothered me because it was really? jarring. It was yeah, uh, the looks was jarring. Yeah, but I, I thought mean, she looked a lot more appropriate for her age at least. Of the actress. Yeah, she well, the age like of the actress, kid. but maybe not the age of the. You know, I'm not just, actually sure how old Siri is in the books. Yeah, I mean, because I know the thing is, season two is supposed to start right after season one, right? Like, there's no time has passed from, like, no, when that they was meet not, in the yeah, woods. No, that, that was, so, I see like, what you're saying. That was really jarring. Yeah, so, but, so one thing I did read is that the the eye the eyebrows was actually largely the actress, because she was really tired of bleaching her eyebrows. <laughs> She's like, if you want me to have any eyebrows left by the end of this, like, you better, like, actually, you better stop bleaching them. Hey, come on in. Sorry. I, I was like, we're, we're talking about The Witcher, maybe you should join in. <laughs> I 
We're talking about serious eyebrows because they bothered me. How they went from blonde to dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go sit over my microphone. Can you sit? Can you sit? I'm sorry. You can sit on my lap. My friend. <laughs> Yay! Three three peas in a pod. <laughs> so anyways, I was telling I was telling Loomis about how you, you were actually the one to tell me that um that the whole thing about Henry Cavill convinced the the show people to show people to give him more show audio. Runner. You know, the yeah. showrunner. So yeah, that's what we we're just talking about. And I was I, just saying I was just saying that like Siri the actress who plays Siri, she wanted she wanted she was actually the one who wanted to stop having her eyebrows bleached because uh she was like, If you want me to have any eyebrows left by the time this is over you should have me stop bleaching them. Definitely. It made no sense to have them bleached. <laughs> well, except that she looked weird. <laughs> she looks like a normal person. Who She like, looks a lot older. Honestly, the bleached eyebrows is what made her like look way younger. But now she looks yeah. like a teenager. Well, but we, like don't, we were child. just saying we don't know how old she... Like, is she supposed to be an older teenager or a younger teenager? I thought older. I mean... Because she, she was pretty young in the first season. Yeah, I don't remember. I'd say Whatever. 16. Like I'm 15, it. 16. I think that's how old she's supposed to be. You know, because she's on... I feel like that's a pretty... Well, they, they, teenagers, they, teenagers do make questionable decisions with their eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that is... They definitely they styled her a lot more after the after the video games. Oh, okay. So she that was one thing. Like she looks they did a lot they did a couple of those things. Like they made Triss Marigold, if you remember her. Yeah. They I gave her red Triss. hair. Yeah. Because uh, that's how she is in the video games. Mm. And then Siri Siri also as a character is a lot better in the video games than she is in the books. She's okay. really kind of a little petty, a little I don't know. She's kind of a little annoying in the books. Yeah. Um, Probably in the books that's because she's supposed to be younger. But in the video games they made her older and I feel like the Witcher just like this TV show split the difference. And I feel like they do that with a lot of characters. They kind mm. of like take oh. the, like the video game and then the book and then you get somewhere in the middle. So okay. like I feel like like Geralt he's now more in the middle uh, between like the book depiction and the video game depiction, it's kind of like he was a whole different character in this season to some yeah. extent. He was a well, lot different. Well, also, but it made sense though because he was the dad. Like, yeah, there he was, was the dad. Yeah. No, but like there's actually there was this one scene where um at, like the prostitute party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the 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 head prostitute lady like comes up and she's like, "I heard you have a child now," and he's like, "She's not my she's not my daughter." Yeah. And, and then the head prostitute lady was like, oh, well, then I could take her. Like, boys will be eating out of her hand. And, like, his face <laughs> just, like, murder. Like, it went, like, I was like, that's a killing face. Like, that's the yeah. last face that, like, monsters see on this show. And then um, <laughs> she goes, not a dad, huh? And I was like, oh, that's good. That's a good moment. That's a good moment. Yeah, good characterization. Without even, And that was the thing, though, that they did show his characterization. He didn't speak. But... <laughs> it says... Uh... She was, when she meets Geralt, she's roughly 12. So by the yeah. end of, that's why she's a lot more annoying in the books. And yeah. by the end of season one, she's supposed to be like 13, 14. She's about 21, I think, in the video games. Oh, so they so, split the difference at 16. Yeah, they kind of aged her a bit. Okay. But yeah. I, I think that, that was a smart more, decision. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Because it's more interesting with a 14-year-old, 15, 16. She also goes through some pretty, I don't know if they're going to bring a lot of this in. She goes through some pretty adult stuff in the series. Mm -hmm. So having a girl who's a bit older for that yeah, makes a little more makes, sense than a child. Yeah. 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 And teenagers are definitely still children. Yep. That is true. They do dumb stuff. Actually, that's something I tell my students all the time. Like, life gets better once you once your brain is done cooking. <laughs> that, like, 
I'm like, guys, once you have a full prefrontal cortex, everything makes more You have sense. no idea what you're missing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? I just find it a lot easier to make, like, learn new skills now than I used to. Yeah. Well, and just make decisions. Like, things, just, things aren't as overwhelming. Yeah. Like, it's... Definitely. True, true. I mean, sometimes things still are, but it's, it's less, like, man. Actually, they, they did it. There was, I, just, I feel like everybody, there's so many different studies and so many different opinions. But there was one study, I think I read this on the Harvard Journal or whatever, mm-hmm. where they actually found that your late 20s are your worst time of your life. Yep, I've read that too, yeah. Because um, you have the most stress. Mm-hmm. You have the stress of like a full-blown adult. But then you haven't yet developed the coping mechanisms that you will later. And like mm-hmm. the stress is more. So actually, like, I don't, I, I have not lived that. I feel like this is the best time of my life. But supposedly the, your late 20s is the most difficult. I've heard late teens and early 20s is the hardest. I agree with that statement. Like, versus late. versus late twenties. Yeah, just old... like because late teens, you're either still in your parents' house or you're like by yourself, but you have no money. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah and then sucks. early twenties, your brain still isn't developed yet, but either you're trying to figure out your life in college, or whatever is happening. Are you like feeling twenty two? <laughs> oh my gosh. My twenty second birthday was my saddest birthday. My 21st birthday, I was alone in Canada and drinking beer and playing Scrabble. I wasn't alone. I was actually with one of my friends, but it wasn't sad, but it was a little bit like, it was a little weird. My, were you really alone? I wasn't with you? No, I wasn't. I was like in between, I was traveling. So I was like, I was just in like a room playing Scrabble. It was actually pretty fun. I learned how to, that was where I learned. This was my worst birthday. Beer. It was actually pretty <laughs> it was actually fun. Pretty, okay, I lied. It's not my worst birthday. <laughs> I don't, I haven't had that many bad birthdays. Joe has lived a charmed life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was alone in Canada. <laughs> in a foreign country traveling, traveling drinking beer with with a good buddy playing scrabble yeah that sounds like a I great i take that back that's that one of like my best great birthdays birthday. yeah that was a great birthday oh my gosh all right back to the witcher <laughs> season two yes what are some other things that you liked um... i love yennefer okay <laughs> just, <laughs> just gonna put that out there just as a statement uh no, I love that she can, like, run around in a purple cloak and, like, people, like, can't see her. Right? <laughs> right? I was Stealth like, mode activated. I feel like she should have worn black. She should, or she should have taken the purple cloak off. Like, yeah. Like, just, I girl. mean, it brings out her girl. eyes. But, I, and I think, you know. Fashion, but at what cost? Yeah. Okay, one um, thing, one thing I mean, I'm going to say. Sorry, no, go ahead. Go ahead I mean, like, the costume department. Two Michaelas, this is great. costume department i'm sure like there's a reason behind the purple that's her color i know it's her color coded color for her character yeah let's make her stand out in the crowd yeah so anyways one thing the only problem i have with yennefer is that i feel like they don't treat her in the show at all like she's like she's supposed to be pretty darn old like i think she's at least 100 years old yeah google it Mm -hmm. um but i feel like she's still she's going through a little too much character development for somebody who's that old. Like, well, you but know. when did she, like, so. when did she meet Geralt? Like, that was a huge character. Like, I'm not meeting, sure what she was then. Meeting other people is a huge, like, character development growth in, like, plot. Um, yeah, those, I mean, that's true. words made sense. But she, I, I think it's just, like, the, I feel like it's just maybe partly also, like, the actress is so young. So it's sort of, like. Maybe it's also Siri, because Siri is supposed to be this like turning point of destiny, you know. So like these people's characters can change once they encounter Siri. Yeah. And so maybe that's like part of her, or they're doing it like they did with Siri. They're changing her age. She's not as she's not. Well, I will say old. I will say in the books, this is just a difference between the books and the movies. Yeah, yeah. In the books, that whole thing that happens where she get, loses her powers and has to get it back and all that—that's not in the books at all. Oh. Like she's actually not in the books until the end of the book. 
And then she just meets Siri, and then she basically is like a whole section at the end of the book where she's like basically mentoring Siri. Yeah. It's very, very different. So I think, and again, I feel like they've been very vague with the ages of the characters. Yep. So, so maybe, um, maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know. Cause you probably don't think of her as being really old, right? When you watch no, the show. No, I, I mean, it's, well, it's again, you have to remember the cutback stuff from the first season. Yeah. Like keeping that in mind. Yeah. She's old. Like, she, doesn't, it, she only mentions it. Like, I think she mentions it in the. In that, when she's in that, like, little, like, um, I want to say, like, what is that? The like, caravan. The carriage, yeah. She was saying, like, 40, 40, how long was she in court? 40 years? Yeah, she is. Yeah, some, several decades. Several decades, several decades yeah. in court, yeah. yeah. So, and I, I think that, they, I mean, I think, like, Lu, Michaela said, it's... Loomis. We can call her Loomis. Yeah, Loomis? I'm Loomis here. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, I just think that, like, Loomis was saying, like, she meets the characters and... And I think that, um, I think that really changed, I agree with her, like, it really changed her. Yeah. Like, because she had one mission, which was, I'm going to be in the court. best. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be, you know, and she did that. And then it was boring. It was unfulfilling. And then she has this desire to have children that she can't have naturally. And then her fate is now tied with Geralt and destiny. And then that results in Siri. We'll and- talk more to the microphone a little bit. Siri being in the in their lives and she's their child um so I think that really that really like kind of brings out her age because I think that like that desire to have children I think that was like a huge turning point and I still think she's exploring that desire and kind of working all of that out because she just she was told it was never going to happen I feel like Um, that wasn't in so how do you guys feel about I feel like that wasn't in that whole theme of her wanting to kids so badly. Yeah. I love that in the first season. I thought that was a really... That's not something you see in shows very often. That was really interesting. I was just going to say that, yeah. Um, and that's obviously a huge part of her character in the books as well. But that didn't really come up a lot in the second season. What do you think? I was... think it's because it was superseded by her losing her powers. Yeah. But that was like... that was invented by the show. It wasn't in the books. Oh, so yeah. Do you think well, that I haven't read or... the book. I, I actually... I love... I don't love because I love Yennefer and I'm sorry that she's going through pain. Um, <laughs> but I really liked that the show let her fail. Okay. Like I like that she failed morally. Like that she did. She kidnapped Siri. Like she was gonna turn yeah. Siri and I. That was, okay. Also, side note, that was one thing I was struggling with because I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Like just like the, <laughs> like. Oh, you should have heard us watching so it. There's so many I'm different sorry. things happening. Whatever the yeah. big black spiky things. And then the other guy's there Monolith. again. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, and then like a dragon pops out. Anyway. Um, was a dragon? In yeah, this? there was a dra- there was a monolith dragon scale. Oh thing. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Basilisk. Yeah. Get it right, Loomis. Okay, sorry. You gotta know the you gotta know the creature. Wait, wait, wait. No, I don't the, know the, what the, the rock guy are. wasn't. The rock wasn't, guy. He wasn't a basilisk. The rock guy. Remember you said he was made out of like stalactite. He or was made out of the rocks. Oh. Uh, anyway. Know, I don't know what he was. Anyway, <laughs> I like that the show let her morally fail because I feel like a lot of times in like literature or in whatever, like women aren't really allowed to fail. Where unless it's something like Fatal Attraction, where they go crazy and they kill their lovers, but like they're not really allowed to like, like fail and then be redeemed. Like it's yeah. yeah. So it's and Geralt like Geralt said he didn't forgive her, but it wasn't a I'm never gonna forgive you. It's like I don't forgive you, and he still lets her train, like he still lets her in Siri's life. Which like as a father, you wouldn't let someone in your life unless you, in your child's life unless you did trust that person to a certain degree. 
So, like, he does trust her to be able to teach Siri, and that opens a door to, like, forgiveness later on. Um, but I love that she's allowed to fail, allowed to realize her mistake, and then allowed to be let back into Geralt's life in some way. I know McKenna and I talked about this quite a bit, because this is one thing I was a little less, less sure about when watching the show. But actually, um, I know I read, a, I read an article about how, and I, I kind of felt this way too, about how at least in the person who wrote this article felt like them allowing her to betray Siri like that mm-hmm. uh, weakened their relationship. Well, yeah. The whole, the whole first book is really about like parenthood and it's largely about Yennefer and Siri's bond and none of that stuff happens the betrayal none of that stuff happens in the books Ooh. and so, so so this one person was saying that they really let Siri and Yennefer down however talking to Michaela Michaela was kind of giving me her point what was what were what was your thoughts on that Did you ever or you're basically telling me that um you thought that she that it, that didn't like ruin the story that they had it like that you know and like how she had the ultimate you don't remember this Keep talking. I'm sure. <laughs> I have mom brain. And then I was kind of saying, like, I was like, well, I guess in the end, she does make a huge sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which and I mean, like, if you think about her character, she only ever did that one time where she was saving the mages at Sodden Hill. Yep. So she basically sacrificed her life for Siri. So in a way, that's a very like action-based way of showing their bond. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of like, on the one hand, I would have liked to have seen. Yennefer and Siri kind of just gain that normal mother-daughter bond without sort of the betrayal and all that. Like mm-hmm. it was in the books. On the other hand, I can see that this more action-based approach made for good television. So I don't know. Yeah, well, and we can maybe see, like, we can maybe have those conversations if season three happens. It will happen. It's already it's already. Oh, in good. production. I did Not in production. It's been approved. And I didn't want to... I didn't want to say anything. I didn't <laughs> want to jinx it. <laughs> Whatever. Heck no. I'm like, there better be seven seasons of this because I am invested. I'm very invested in this show. Yeah, me too. That they, uh, oh my gosh. You know she forgot. I forgot about it. She's, she's, she's camera shy or uh, microphone shy. Microphone shy. Mom, mom brain. <laughs> I'm not microphone mom shy. Definitely mom brain. Mom brain. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think there's lots of potential for the rebuilding of those relationships. Yeah. Well, and I think that, there you go, this is the point I was remembering, is that um, with Siri, everyone's afraid of her except for Yennefer. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, even oh. Geralt, to some extent, is afraid of her power, so he trains her how to be a witcher. Yeah. Um, versus, but the magical stuff, he's like, oh, I don't know, like, I'm not touching that. Well, she can't also, she can't do witcher signs. Yeah. So yeah, he so he's win. like, I don't know, what's um, happening? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't know. So he brings Triss in, and Triss is terrified of her. Like, yeah. she I sees, like, like the though. full, like, potential of her powers, and she's terrified. And Yennefer sees it, and she's like, don't apologize. And she starts training yeah. her. and whole different thing. Yeah, yeah, and she's the only one that's able to help her with her magic. Well, I think part of that is, is Yennefer's background, because Yennefer has a lot of power, too. Yeah, yeah. but that's she also, like, go. on a deeper level, I feel like that's what, like, we want too like we want to hear that from the people who love us and the people around us right like yeah. seeing us and then not being afraid kind of a thing oh man what do you like about Triss so much Lewis? um I I just like I like Triss I like how kind she is I like that she's like kind of one of the more gentle characters mm-hmm. and she's yeah. allowed to be gentle and kind and she's not mocked for it yeah like she's allowed to like I mean, she kind of is a little bit, but she's allowed to, like, walk into the Witcher Keep and said, like, I'm going to dress for dinner. And, like, people kind of laugh about it, but, like, 
they all respect her. Yeah. Like, even though she's kind. And I just feel like, again, like, in modern world, like, women aren't really allowed to be kind and yeah. not mocked for it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I love that, that the whole thing, that, that was from the book, where that whole, the whole thing where Siri gets all dressed up and kind of girlified. Yes, Trace. I feel like in that moment, Geralt's kind of like, oh, gosh, what did I get myself into? Like, yes. his face, where he's just like, shit. Yeah, 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 totally. with a teenage girl, like, not only, not only are you a new parent, but you're a new parent to, to a, a teenage, teenage girl. girl. Like, I yeah. feel like that takes, that's a lot, that's a lot to handle. She, you know, but I have to say that even though Siri seemed a little upset, it didn't, like, destroy her, because she, when he brings her the sandwich... Yeah. In the other room, she kind of smiles a little, like yeah, mm-hmm. kind of like it wasn't didn't bug her that much, really. I don't know. It's yeah. interesting. That was one of the really good moments they got from the book. I'm glad they I'm glad they included that. Good. Good character building moments. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, Siri was allowed to fail too. Like when what's the thing called? Like the the jungle gym of doom. I have no idea what that's called. What? <laughs> Your obstacle course. Okay, sorry. Okay, the IOCT, but for witches. Jungle, I love that. John, if you're listening, it's the IOCT for witches. <laughs> um, no, but just like she's allowed, she like hits the first obstacle and immediately gets smacked. Like it's is she's like she's allowed to show that she's incompetent. I love like, that when she almost beats it on her like you know on her first day or whatever. Oh. Geralt's like, oh, so close. Like he yep, doesn't yep. even go like, good job. Yeah. He's yep. like, oh, so close. Too bad you didn't yep. do it. You didn't pass. I love that. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I just really enjoyed, I just really enjoyed this season a lot more than the first, um, for a lot of reasons. I did think it was funny when, or not funny, but kind of like, again, with like the characterization thing, like how a lot of these characters changed because they meet the other characters. And that was really cool to see. And like the show even recognized that, like the episode when, um, like Beauty and the Beast, but it's a beast and a vampire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was one of my favorite episodes. That was so good. Yeah. But when the beast guy, what's his name? See, they only say the names once and I'm not listening because I'm distracted by Henry Cavill's face. Did so. you watch um, Game of Thrones? Yeah. Uh, he was the guy, he was the redheaded guy. Yeah. The actor. You're right. I, I forget his name in the, anyway, the show. The, the beast, movie, yeah. the beast guy like asks kind of like, like, like he's like, Geralt, you've changed. What happened? And he's like, who happened? Yennefer. And it was like, oh my gosh. Like, so even Geralt's acknowledging that his character's changed because he met... go back and watch the episode again. Yennefer, yeah. yeah well, Yennefer episode. and Siri. Right, I but mean, in that moment, they were yeah. talking about Yennefer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was still recovering from thinking Yennefer was dead. Exactly, yeah. Because oh, so Siri was alive and in the house, whereas Yennefer's... They're also still kind of awkward. Like, they get a lot more comfortable with each other, Siri and Geralt, as the show goes on. I think at that point, mm-hmm. her and Geralt were still a little awkward together. Because yeah. this is, like, immediately after he picks her up. Yep, and I did love so. how they showed that. How, like, they that Siri got more and more comfortable in herself as the show went on, too. Like, she got more sassy. Like, she, like she was just able to just shine a little bit more. Um, I love that they included just as like from a Witcher fan. I uh-huh. love that they included vampires because oh, okay. vampires don't come up a whole lot in the books. Yeah, uh, but they're in the video game like some like the expansion back. Yeah, in the video game they're in there a lot, and I love the vampires in the Witcher. They're super cool. Interesting. So I love that they brought the Brux in. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, I don't know what any of the names for the monsters are because they say it once and it's always Henry Cavill mumbling it. You need I'm... to act, you need to have like a little beast Jerry. You know, I I need to be writing down the names of characters. (laughs) Like that's what I need to be doing. But instead, I'm just distracted and then I don't do it. So um, another another fan favorite. How how do you think uh, Yasker Yasker was this season? I loved him. (laughs) Okay, he was one of the moments that I like was laughing so hard. And I was Michaela. I was telling Joe that I have the 
Can we say? Well, I don't know what words we can say on this podcast. Whatever. His, horse his and blues. Horse and prison blues. Yeah. That's okay. That's I have that like it playing in my head constantly now. Where oh, oh. like I have to be careful because I'll start singing it like out loud with my family, and then I have to like, oh, can't say these words. <laughs> so, but it's hysterical. And then with the mice, when he was like, Gordon, well done. Talent recognizes talent. I was just like laughing like an so idiot. Funny. Like. But I loved seeing him and Jennifer being like bros. Buddy, buddy. That was so unexpected. That was so yeah. unexpected and I was so happy about it. And then Jennifer going back and like saving Yasker. Like, ugh. Yeah, loved all of it. No, but I do think it's funny. The first song that we hear him sing, what is Toss a Coin to Your Witcher, which is like an upbeat, oh, it's epic, happy yeah. ballad. And then he goes to Burn Butcher Burn. And it's just... Oh, someone... So that, I'm I'm on Tumblr because I can't leave and Facebook and everywhere else is is awful. But um, someone was like, uh, burn butcher burn parentheses Yasker's version parentheses ten minute version. <laughs> it's like basically Taylor Swift but The Witcher. Basically, that makes yeah. total. Sense. I love the way they handle that redemption between him and Geralt. It's so well done. So like, so kind of like uh, undertone a little bit, but uh, that was super good. Well, because when we leave when we leave Yasker and the. In the he is literally season, on a mount. Or on that's the, the last time season. we see him is when yeah. Geralt's mean to him. We don't. We, we do a lot after that with Geralt in the show, uh-huh. but we haven't seen Yasker since then. So he's mm-hmm. that shit. That song's immediately after that. Yep. Which is I think really smart that they did that. Yeah. No, you're right. And have him being the sandpiper too. Yeah. Is like a really cool, like a really cool move. But then also again having Yennefer be the one to like inter- introduce us back to Yasker, like. I don't know. Yeah, so many good moves. Like I, like I really, I really love it. And uh, them, yeah. them teaming up, like you said, them teaming up as like a buddy, a buddy buddy thing, um, for a large part of the show. I thought that was so unexpected, but really great to see that. It was hilarious. Yep. But uh, he still, I guess he still wants to kill her. So <laughs> apparently, he's like, we're definitely gonna kill her. So yeah. <laughs> but then they team up again too in Kermoran. Like they're building like the little potions together and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Also, can we talk about how, like, Yasker goes through a Witcher laboratory and, like, just picks things up and eats it? Like, I don't remember. I gotta, I gotta go back and watch this again. He picks up a bowl of something and starts eating Is it. And I'm really? like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, oh, he's an idiot. Maybe, maybe Yasker will become a Witcher. Anyway. Yeah, like, or, like, that's why he's immortal. Like, isn't he, like, he should be, like, upper 50s, right? He's not. No, he's... He's a normal aged person. No, but from the but splicing totally that we saw in the first not. season. Like it doesn't, the, doesn't make sense. What we saw in the first season, know. he's like he looks a lot younger than yeah. he should be. He should yeah. be, yeah. I feel like they're not I feel like they're they're pretty vague on the age in the show on yep. purpose. Yeah. They're not really Well, because it's it would be hard to make a person like age. Yeah. 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 yeah they could be like the Irishman and just <laughs> age Yasker, but that'll cost millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> So what, uh, what, what, your article that I actually, I did not read your article. Who's the most powerful person in your opinion, Joe? Oh, serious. Obviously. Oh yeah. I mean, I, mean, I was thinking about it's Siri, down, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. She's child, uh, child destiny. The, uh, the plot twist of who the white flame is. Mm. I, as soon as he like turned around, I was like, Queen Calanthe should have stabbed him. <laughs> like, that was my thought. Well, it gets weirder too because in the books, um, don't spoil anything. You don't know? No, I don't want to know. Okay, I, I want to either read the books or I'm going to wait. Read the books. I'm going to wait to read Michaela. Have you started reading them yet, Michaela, or not? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I 
also okay. See now I'm torn because I I like I kind of like not knowing what happens. Well, the thing is, you can read the books and not really know because they're so different in that show. So okay, that's it's fair. hard to say. Like I'm kind of not sure what stuff they're gonna bring in or not. Oh, okay. You know, so no, I will I will read the books then. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought that was really interesting, and I was like, okay, nope. There's some. I'm I'm kind of um after Marvel, I'm kind of hesitant for big like plot twists because I think a lot of times like especially with Game of Thrones like that whole idea of like a plot twist has to be completely out of left field and like knock your reader out oh my gosh Game of Thrones ending was so stupid oh my gosh it's like they had it all lined up perfectly (laughs) and then they ruined it they did Anyway, a good plot twist should be able to be like pegged like pegged by some readers. Yeah. Like some super smart oh, yeah. people should oh, be yeah. able to see the foreshadowing and guess. Like I didn't, but then as soon as they revealed who it was, like as soon as he held up his hand and I saw the ring, I was like <gasps> and I was like, okay, no, I can see it. Like you can kind of see the foreshadowing. And then Geralt, well, it helps right before having that conversation of like Siri, how did Nilfgaard know about you? Yeah. Like there's only Nilfgaard one know? other yeah. person. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was, yeah, I thought, I thought the foreshadowing was, was pretty well done. Like it was enough of a plot twist that I was like, (gasps) but not enough, not so crazy of a plot twist that like, I was like, well, that's stupid. Like, so yeah. Also, I was really afraid that Yennefer was going to die. And then. Really? Like, you mean at the end of season one? Yeah. At the end of season two. Oh, oh, I was never worried about that. I yeah. thought she was gonna be. I thought she was gonna be burned up by the evil witch. Really? I mean, I've read the books and everything. No, so no, I so legit. I obviously... And I so I I finished watching this Christmas Eve, and I was like, Am I gonna about? Am I gonna be about to like go to Christmas Eve mass and like have to be sad mm-hmm. that like my favorite character's dead? Like, no, thankfully not. That would suck if they killed off Yennefer. I know. That that's would, why yeah. I was upset. Well, they killed off, um, you know, Eskel. No, Remember yeah, him? so people, I heard people were upset about that, and I was like, he's a tree. But, like, apparently he's, like, a really big person. Well, he's not, he's also not a jerk like that. Like, he's a good mm. guy in the books. Well, now he's dead, and a tree. And a, and a jerk. <laughs> and a jerk. <laughs> and likes prostitutes. And likes prostitute parties. <laughs> it's like, man, maybe if he wasn't so busy with the prostitutes, and he told someone he was being turned into a tree, maybe they would have been able to help him. Instead. Why do you think, okay, this is, I, my. Like he's a tree. Why do you think Geralt was so quick to kill Eskel and yet he refused to to kill Siri even though she was doing probably just as much damage as he was because Siri's her because he knew like well Siri's his child huge difference mm-hmm. do you like, think that's all it was do you think that he thought that there was more chance of her being saved from from the demon do you I think, think also part of that but I think his first thing in his mind was that she's she, I mean, because we just saw, we just saw that interaction where he gets her back from Yennefer and he's like, she's mine. Like he has this yeah, oh, super okay. possessive, but like in a good way, possessive kind of thing. Like, no, she's mine. Like. So he just cares more about her yeah. than, than Eskel. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, he, it's not the same, like Eskel's a brother in arms, but brother in arms, they, you know, they die. Yeah. It's part of being... Well, and then you can, you like, you can care about a whole bunch of people, but, like, you're going to care differently based on who that person is to you. So, no, I definitely think it was his his father protectiveness stepping up. Mm -hmm. So... Well, I know Loomis gets mad at me when I do this when I end end the episode abruptly, but I think we're at about time, so that was a great episode. Thank you so much for joining Loomis, and thank you for joining too, Michaela. See you next time on Keeping Up With Joe.